I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the award-winning international podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And uh, with us, as always, we have the doctor. Aloha. We have sound engineer, Slomo. Check one, two, check. And uh, Joe, shout out to Joe. He's on the East Coast in New York, uh, saving souls, I'm sure, as, as he's always out doing good work. So we does anybody know Joe. what he actually does for I, I don't know. I don't know. He just goes to the East Coast periodically. Uh, witness protection. I'm not really sure what it is at this I, point. I think the Pope called him yeah, up. I'm you know, sure you know, that, you know yeah. Joe met the Pope, and basically I think yeah. uh, they found out that we are an award-winning podcast, and Joe's yeah. part of that. They said, oh, we need to have need Joe back have, again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Joe, Joe will be back with us soon. All right. Looking forward to seeing you, Joe, and some stories when you get back, because he's always got the best stories. Yes, he does. If what jail he got to sit exactly. in while he was there. Thank you for joining us. This is our home brewing special edition. And we have a special guest with us today, uh, Tim Huang, uh, home brewer extraordinaire, local legend. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You guys uh, sound a lot younger than you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> Oh, please, if it's appropriate to do so, wherever you're listening to us, open up a cold beer and join us in a few tastings and a few stories with who I thought was our friend, <laughs> Tim Wong. He's already giving yeah. us some crap when you yeah. started. Jeez. Yeah. Beer better be good, Tim. No. In fact, <laughs> they say 30s are the new 20s. That's, That's exactly right. Yeah. So, Tim, what are we drinking? You are drinking an Imperial Red Ale that uh, I affectionately called Right Said Red. Mm. My glass is empty already. I like it. It's so good. A little homage to Right Said. People that think they're too sexy. That's right. (laughs) You drink enough of this and you'll be pretty sexy, I think. To someone. (laughs) Yeah. That's all that matters. As long as, as, long as one person thinks as long as one person only takes one. Yeah. Only America. takes one. Right, Joe? Oh, I miss Joe. That's usually when I, Joe and I lock eyes across the table on those type of comments. So. When you're holding a sour. So. Well, maybe he's going to deal on a, a bolt of fishnet out there on the East Coast yeah. or something. <laughs> right said red. Am I got, got the name correct, to Tim? That's right. And can you tell us a little bit about what went into making this? Uh, this was one of my favorite recipes that I created. I created this years ago. Uh, you know, I have always liked a red ale, a nice red ale, mm-hmm. and it developed into really liking Imperial Reds. And we live in San Diego where, uh, back in the early 2000s, you had, uh, a lot of great reds, not just in San Diego, but, um, all around. I've always contended that the United States is the greatest brewing country in the world for a long time. And certainly it seems like it now, but if you look at red ales and the progression of red ales, you have, um, Humboldt's, uh, uh, red nectar. You had mad river, Jamaica mm-hmm. red. You have pizza ports, shark bite and port brewings, shark attack. Yeah. And then ballast point had their imperial red of tongue buckler. Uh, Carl Strauss had, uh, the amber lager, then yeah. red trolley, and red then trolley. an imperial red trolley of off the rails, and it's just I, I, I kind of hope that reds make it back because they're they're just such great yeah, beers you. and a great style, and Here's I I've really enjoyed that. <laughs> Love the reds. Yeah, it's delicious. Thank you. And I I like because sometimes reds I, I turn away from reds when they have that that caramely 
to me, it almost seems like they've sat too long. And maybe that's the case. I'm drinking a red that sat in my, what do you call them? A fronter in my a fridge or a wallflower in my fridge for too yeah. long. This one has none of that. It's uh, all flavor and, and delicious. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I, I, you know, it's, to me, you can, it, you can definitely taste the, 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 the bitterness, right? Then you the smell of the hops and stuff like that, but it's got a very clean finish at the end. And, Good job, um, Jim. Yeah, very good. The more I drink it, yeah. the more I'm wanting more. Yeah, yeah. That's also could be the, that also could be the 7%. But that's, and also how many beers have you already had? But, but, yeah. No, it's, it's very, very good. Very tasty. Very good tasty. start. Thank you, guys. Yeah, great start. Now, listeners, you know where to find us. Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, Podbean. But we also need you to follow and subscribe. Kids, please help the old people with this. I talked to two listeners the other day, and I said, well, you have subscribed, right? You're following. They're like, well, no, I just look it up each Monday. We need your help. Yeah. So share it with your beer-drinking friends. Like and follow us on social media, but subscribe. That's Beer-drinking parents, yeah. beer-drinking aunts, uncles. People that aren't watching their phone, just yeah. pick it up yep. and download it and for subscribe. them. All these things are appreciated. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't done that yet, we need you to take the next step. So, And then follow us also on Twitter. Uh, I like beer, the Po one, and I like beer, the Ta one. It's one of the few ways that and Instagram are ways for you to, you know, keep up on the news on who's winning the beersies, uh, <laughs> where we're visiting, those types of things. And people are checking in with us to uh, make a call in or share beer with us. And yeah. we appreciate what's that. the latest great song, which we'll talk about again <laughs> yeah. here in a little bit. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook at I like beer, the podcast and you can DM us through any of those formats or shoot us an email at I like beer, the podcast at gmail.com. So, and, and before we get into our, our interview today, uh, just a big thanks and shout out to Alesmith Brewing down in uh, Miramar, uh, Biramar, because uh, they hosted us this weekend on a, on a private tour. And uh, it was uh, great. We had a, a host, uh, a, another Jeff. So that was fantastic. That was fantastic. I mean, you know it's going to be a good day when you walk in and the guy introduces himself as Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how uh, ironic is that? It's the, it's the, the day gets better. Yeah. What do they say? If the police show up at your house, your day got worse, but yeah. the firemen show up and your day got better? Yeah. That's what it was like. Your I mean, day yeah. got better. Yeah, when your Jeff shows up, your day gets better. So he did a great job. He shared the history of Ale Smith with us, uh, talked about things they've been doing, things they are doing, and things they're going to be doing. Um, and so it was really, really a, a nice visit. And we also got to go into the speakeasy and taste some of those amazing bottle-aged beers they've made with Speedway Stout. And of course, we took a few minutes to peek into the Tony Gwynn Museum. And, uh, and then we left uh, Ailsmith with their Beersy Award for Sublime Mexican Lager. So uh, next time you're there, check for it. It should be prominently displayed somewhere. I know it will be. And we're heading back to Ailsmith soon to sit down with members of the brew team to learn more about the magic they're doing before we uh, leave Ailsmith, though i wanted to give them a, another sh- a shout out because uh they just did a collaboration with uh soldiers for wildlife they got a, a beer out right now just released called game ranger anyways the soldiers for wildlife it's a non-profit actually founded and run by u.s veterans whose the rangers are at down in south africa and they're down there physically fighting poaching and extinction of african elephants and rhinos so this collab it's a uh, juicy india pale ale with south african hops appropriately so anyway so we'll give them a shout out they actually on their website it says um we believe if you are on planet earth you have a role to play in fighting this crisis so there you go so shout out toast to uh Ailsmith for that yeah and i also found one of my new favorite beers there because uh you know me i'm i'm on the sour train <laughs> full bore now and so they just had released like a day before this their forge berry uh, and that was uh, fantastic. So I uh, had some, had a bunch of those, and then picked up a bunch of those, and 
Uh, for those of you that are looking for a, uh, a gateway sour or a, a way to get off the White Claw, uh, Forgeberry <laughs> would be a great one. It's uh, very refreshing, uh, low calorie, uh, so it's really good for your summer body. And uh, only 4.9% ABV. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got to get your summer body or your spring break. For us right now, we should be really focusing on our spring break. Tim's bodies. already body shamed yeah. me. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, yeah. but that's why I'm really drinking a lot of these forage berries so I can get my spring break body on. <laughs> and I will be ready for Canada. So many reasons to, to love Ale Smith. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, so. it was great. It was top notch. And looking forward to go back and talking with their brew team. Um, oh, and the other one I would give a shout out. Look for... Cheese Smith because they are now yes. in the in the uh, they're starting to do their cheeses and so you, I think it won't be too long until you start seeing their cheeses everywhere as well and uh, you can kind of have some nice uh, pairings with a, a good beer and a good cheese. Will that help my summer bod too? No, that's all. A it tub all of cheese and a, yes. and a growler yes. of yes. Like Smith. I said, you don't have to have a we're all getting into shape. We're all getting into shape for spring Quitter. break. And round as a shape. <laughs> training. Yes, yes. We're all round training. as a shape. Yeah, it's time to actually guys to start training for spring break. Um, so I just want you to know that's it's, that's why I'm having this Imperial. That's red. right. So, all right. And, um, what, Oh yes. Big Wait. news, Jeff, well, big news. Well, actually, before we move on to big news, Oh, we hit it over to Duckfoot. That's right. We did it. That is the big news, but then there's bigger news <laughs> and bi- big and bigger. <laughs> yeah. So, so we hit it over to Duckfoot. Yeah. So we did go over to Duckfoot, which I don't, I won't say ironically, cause I would have said that until you, <laughs> I will say interestingly enough, uh, that was the first, uh, brewery that we ever went to as we were getting to start this podcast. podcast. So yeah. it was really kind of cool to go back there. And uh, we met up with our favorite beer tender, Jasper, who was one of the first people that we've met saying, hey, we're going to do a podcast. And he was really cool then and even more cool this time because when we brought in our, uh, uh, gave him their beersy for uh, Drink This or Bees Will Die, he, he displayed it prominently right up uh, behind the bar and was super excited. And uh, so that was really cool to kind of touch oh, base back with him. And the whole bar went crazy yeah they did there was, it was <laughs> full and i, I, I couldn't I, believe that would they i don't want to say one. standing ovation but i think it was pretty close yeah well since everyone was standing already yeah, they, right? yeah, okay i guess it was standing ovation so that's pretty cool 75 percent of the people were standing at yeah, that point that's right so that's the big news but what's the bigger news oh well d black d black yes. is back we want to give a big thanks to d black and the team at everyday struggle music group for continuing to prop up our podcast on social media we want all of you to check out D Black's 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook. He's everywhere. Go find him. He is. He's still looking for the answer to that big question, what's the greatest beer of all time? And he's taking it to the people and asking them, let them know what you think. At D Black underscore ES. Here's D Black. You say it yourself, D Black. It's your boy D Black, Everyday Struggle Music Group, live from Virginia. And I got one question. What's the greatest beer of all time? All right, Tim, have you heard D-Black's 99 Balls of Beer on the Wall? <laughs> no, I haven't. And two things I'm really down with are new beers and new music. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, here's your big chance. Are y'all ready to party? 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Throw your hands up, everybody. Off the cake, off the bottle, we can't drink it all. That song just gets better and better every time I hear it. <laughs> I want to party. <laughs> all right, Tim. So after hearing D Black, uh, what would be your greatest beer of all time? That's uh, too hard to answer. I'd have to take the fifth on that. You know, D, D Black should hit me up in about a month. Maybe I'll come up with an answer. Oh, that. that's very Actually, good. mine is this one I'm drinking right now. Tim's Red. So there you go. Oh, very good. The greatest <laughs> beer of all time. That's high accolades. So the doctor has been consistent with whatever's cold, free, free and in front of and him. In front of him. Go. That's right. So... <laughs> Tim, we always have a few get-to-know-you questions for our guests. Um, So let's get into a segment we're calling 
getting to know Brewer Tim. And I suppose we need a beer for yeah, that. Yeah, we probably should have a beer before we start questions. <laughs> you seem super interesting, but we'd like to try another one of your beers. So what's up next for us? Uh, this is a German Dunkelweizen, which is a dark uh, wheat beer. Uh, should have the phenolics and esters of a Hefeweizen, yeah. but it's dark. Tim, you're two for two. These are some, really some banana yummy. in there? Is that the... Yep. Yeah, banana like would that. be the esters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can smell that banana. Yeah, huh? you can. Yeah. Ooh, mm. yum. And I haven't even tasted it yet. That's like... Um, Tim, you are good. You are good. <laughs> that just hits That's what everyone that gets free beers. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you that if there's a beer that we don't think that, we, we will say it. We will say it, especially after the way you started the podcast. <laughs> In fact, I'm looking for it, but this ain't it. This ain't that opportunity. Um this is real good. This yeah. hits everything on the, and all the taste buds are just right. fire. You know, like I, I, ketchup or Coca Cola, where every all yeah. the taste buds fire off. That that I can't. I can't say Tim's beers leave you wanting more taste. No, that's why I, mean, I think both both beers so far we've tried. The thing that's really cool about them is just the complexity. There's so many. They're just flavorful. There's yeah. so many different There's tastes. A lot there, of right? things going on. You know wow. what I like doing? If I serve people a flight of beers, or if I have a flight of beer myself, I like to look at the order that I'm going to drink them in, and look at a profile and what that next beer is going to maybe benefit from from the beer before. The so, one, yeah. um, you guys had an Imperial Red that has a, a pretty uh, upfront bitterness, and the Dunkelweizen does not. It's more malty, and I know that the maltiness is probably going to shine a little bit more because your palate may be a little bit wrecked. Yeah, move over, Mike Hess. Tim, when are we going to start a brewery? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Show me the show me the money. <laughs> Have you been approached before? Am I jumping the gun? Have I been approached before? I think a lot of people have entered, uh, have in, tried to encourage me to do it. I I did have a business plan, but you know, as I get older, the uh, thought of retirement becomes a right. little bit better, oh, yeah, and yeah. the <laughs> golden handcuffs of your employer become a little right. bit tighter. And, uh, I'm happy knowing that I have the ultimate setup in uh, my home to to craft these, and for now, that that makes me pretty satisfied. Very cool. So let's let's talk a little bit about get to know you a little bit more. Um, so tell us a little bit about your beer preferences and, and biases in terms of uh, not only what you make but also what you drink. I don't think I really have a preference or a bias. I, um, as a as a judge, I want to drink um, all different styles. I want to look at the nuances of each different style, get to understand the style. Uh, what would categorize that as a as an exemplary exa- uh, example of that. Uh, so I don't really have a, a lot of preferences, but I do love a good barrel-aged sour. Uh, I think the things that Rare Barrel is doing up in Northern California mm. and Berkeley are just fantastic. A um, lot of great sour companies. And one of the reasons I think if I go into a tasting room and they have a, a barrel-aged sour, the reason I'm going to get that is because I'm not brewing that myself. Right. Um, right. So something different. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's your go-to beer uh, it's I, I don't know if it's a go-to beer because not everybody has a yeah, barrel right. sour yeah. when you walk into their tasting room i'll drink anything i'll yeah. drink an ipa i'll drink a red yeah, yeah. i'll drink a pilsner i'll drink a sour i'll drink an imperial stout i'll drink a milk stout I'll right drink- okay so if someone comes to san diego what would you say is a go-to brewery that they can't not go home without seeing so I live in North County, San Diego. Uh, the closest breweries to me are probably Burgeon, 
beer company, which I think that for people that are into uh, IPAs, but not just IPAs, but classic styles as well, they do a really nice job of. Mm-hmm. Um, Pizza Port is a yeah. um, San Diego uh, mecca, yeah. um, and they really established uh, a lot for um, San Diego beer. Uh, you guys talked about Alesmith. I think when you look at classic styles, you can't put... Uh, Ailes, you can't not say Alesmith in the same sentence as classic styles because they are uh, they're great at it. They're really great at it. So San Diego is a county that is filled with awesome breweries, people that really know what they're doing, and uh, it's hard to choose just one. There you go. All right, so let's go back then in time and talk about what was your kind of your first wild beer, the beer that got you into craft brewing. Or say drinking craft beer and then ultimately into brewing. So, I'm I'm pretty old myself. <laughs> you know, I'm the it. oldest one out of everyone at this table. Uh, I don't think so. I'm probably the anomaly because you hear a lot of people say, "Yeah, I started with the Bud Lights and the Coors Lights and the Natty Lights." Um, I was a latecomer to not only beer but alcohol, and because. I'm so old that craft beer wasn't even like a terminology. Prohibition then, was right? there, and then right. after Prohibition <laughs> ended, you were like, okay, I guess it's time to start drinking. Then they're like, microbrews? Yeah. What's a microbrew? <laughs> uh, so I was introduced to beer through Guinness. I, oh, I wow. went out good... with someone that just drank Guinness, and that was my introduction, and that's not a bad introduction no, to have. Not. So nope. when you start with a, uh, a foreign extra stout, um, I started drinking other stouts, and so you, you have BJ's with the Tatanka right, stout. Tatanka. You had um, uh, OGs um, with their their stout. Um, was it Black Magic stout? Mm. Something like that. Yeah, uh, that and, sounds right. And then from the stouts, I kind of forayed into uh, the Reds, and uh, from there you. It hit the IPAs, and you see everything in between. There's a there's a nuance between porters versus stouts, and uh, they had brown ales and red ales and yellow ales and white ales, right. and so you, uh, just get to understand different styles so that you can appreciate them a little bit more. That would be probably my advice for someone that is newer to this idea of craft brewing and being in San Diego and being able to go to all these tasting rooms is. Uh, venture out, try something that you didn't think that uh, you would ever try because maybe you didn't know about it and you never know what kind of doors you're going to open to a brand new world. That's good advice. Ah. You know, I've got a question about that because we've, we've talked a lot about that, what has become a very blurry line between a stout and a porter. Uh, from your brewing expertise, do you see a distinction between the styles? Because I know a lot of brewers, and actually in our research, we're finding out a lot of breweries just decide which one they need on the menu, and they change the name as right. as needed. But what about from your expertise as a brewer? Where do you see the line differ between a stout and a porter? I think if you look historically, uh, stouts had roasted barley. Porters yes. did not have roasted barley. And when you look at what you're drinking in tasting rooms and breweries now, that line is really blurred. Uh, people are probably using roasted barley yeah. and porters and um, not using roasted barley and using a bunch of chocolate malt in a stout uh, with a smatterings of black patent or a, or a dark wheat. Uh, it's probably blurred. Uh, I mean, if you And if you look at the higher alcohol volumes, imperial stouts, imperial porters, you bourbon barrel age those, you're going to have a hard time telling a difference mm-hmm. between a yeah. porter and stout. 
Now, if you're going to brew a stout and a porter, do you make some distinctions? Yes, because I won't use roasted barley if I were to make a porter. That's what I wanted to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Attention to detail. So uh, you kind of answered this a little bit, but uh, one of our typical questions we ask everybody is, uh, was your dad a beer drinker? And if he was, what did he drink? Um, My dad was not a beer drinker. And the the first time that I could remember him offering me a sip of beer was when (laughs) he was at a reunion and a bunch of his buddies were sitting around drinking, I believe it was Budweiser. And he said, you, you want some? I said, yeah, why not? I don't even know how old I was. Probably like eight or something like that. So, <laughs> I said, Dad, this is disgusting. And yeah. that's, he said, that's why you should never drink this. I said, okay. <laughs> uh, I remember waking up early on uh, weekend mornings to go play tennis with my dad. And when we came back, my mom had a, uh, I believe it's a shark bite, which is a dark rum and orange juice. Yep. Uh, it'd be waiting for him on the table. and uh, But he didn't, he didn't drink a lot. When no. he hosted people, he would have... Uh, drinks there, but never beer. I never saw beer. He didn't offer you Guinness. He didn't offer <laughs> me Guinness. I probably would have thought it was pretty nasty as an eight-year-old. <laughs> so, so then, so tell us. So you make the transition, and then where did you get into to to craft beers? We talked about that, but then how about home brewing? You make that next step into actually making your own. So, I started home brewing, or I should say, I had my first taste of home brewing probably in the early 2000s, probably around 2003, when someone gave me a, a, one of the Mr. Beer kits. And it, ki- it came with these pre hopped cans that you would mix with water and you would boil it, then put it in this little plastic barrel and then sprinkle some, some dry yeast on it and expect magic to happen and after a few weeks i'd be collect i'd be i don't i wasn't even a big soda drinker but i'd be collecting all these plastic soda bottles because that's what they said you should bottle it in and four weeks later i would taste it and i said this is what i waited a month for (laughs) and i would look at the cost of buying three of these cans and think to myself i could go to costco and get a 24 pack of carl strass amber or sam adams and why am i bothering putting all this time in. So fast forward about 10 years after that, I started thinking, you know, when I go to these breweries, there are things that I I want out of them. And as a vegetarian, I don't know if they're using gelatin. I don't know if they're using additives that aren't really vegetarian. And I want a semblance of control. Wouldn't it be cool if I could make my own product and add what I wanted to add, taste it and say it's missing some of this, uh, taste it and say it's a little too much of that. I, I'd want a product that was uh, backed off a little bit on that flavor. And that's where I, I bought a proper kit and told myself, listen, if this ends up the same way it did 10 years ago, <laughs> what's the big deal of wasting right. 70 well, bucks or whatever? For so are there any, any breweries that you, know, you could tell us that, hey, they've really influenced you the way you brew? Probably... Pizza Port. Um, yeah. Pizza Port has this model where they can brew whatever they want. Yeah. They can have these one-offs. You, you may never see it again. One of my favorite barrel-aged beers ever was uh, when Jeff Bagby left Pizza Port, there was a blend of barrel-aged beers, and it was called Bagby's Last Stand. <laughs> and when I tried that, I was like, this is ridiculously good. Yeah. And, and just... The 
ability and flexibility of a brew pub to be able to do that to say yeah. we're going to brew this and we may never brew it again right. and we have the flexibility of making a a bock or right. we have the flexibility of making a merzen and making 16 ipas and putting them all on at yeah. the same time you know i bet we gotta go to pizza port more often it's been a while let's, let's put that on our list okay so uh, so a question so you talked about your evolution of your brewing system so uh it sounds like now you've got a pretty pretty solid, pretty good system, much bigger than just brewing in carboys and that kind of stuff. But uh... I wouldn't say it's bigger. I, I still brew uh, five gallon batches. Okay. Um, a lot of people will look at the size of the batch and say, why why only brew five gallons if you can brew twenty gallons and it's going to take you the same amount of time? Right. Well, I go back to the pizza port model of saying I want variety and if. If I have 20 gallons of something That's and it takes drink. me six yeah. months yeah, to well, drink right. it all. You got yeah. a lot of new friends here that like yeah. your beer. Yeah. It's not going to so. take you quite as long to finish that. Yeah, Speaking just, of which, I'll have some more of that. Listen, you guys fund a three-barrel system in my garage, and you guys come over and There you go. Uh, where, so, so, your, I'm getting your address because so I with love that, your beer so you Be careful to give them your address. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there. Hey, some of their standing orders are still there, but uh, we're working on those with... Uh, no, yeah. it's uh, just kidding. The doctor's kicking me under the table. Yeah. He needs more I of that. I just swore that. Of that, of that. He's, he's, he's apparently parched. She's apparently parched. I will take the banana one, too. Yes, the banana. So, the so banana one. I'm the banana. Yeah, we're quite sophisticated. <laughs> yes. So following up on, do you have a name for that banana one? Since This is called Brokeback Mashin, Dunkle nice. Weizen. Uh, okay. Maybe not so nice because I Thank really you. tweaked my back. Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. It was in pain, but I had a brew day on schedule, so what are you going to do? That's right. So, Broke back mashing. I nice. can't quit. I can't quit it. That's right. Broke so. back mashing. So, so here would be my question then. Is, so is as you've evolved and you say you still make these these small batches. So I guess for you and you have beers that you've been making over many, many years. So um, consistencies, right? Do the beers come out the same way every time now that you make them for the most part? Or is there a variation? Um, and then I guess taking that to the next step, is there has there been any surprises where all of a sudden you go, oh, I made that, you know, and it's a good surprise or maybe a bad surprise or... So as far as consistency, as I think that's something that home brewers uh, shoot for. If you're brewing the same recipe, you want to understand your system. You want to understand the efficiency of your system. You want to understand, okay, if I put this much grains in there, what is the ABV that I'm going to expect out of it? So what's the gravity that I expect to hit? And if you can consistently make the same recipe and hit the same numbers, you're on the right track. Okay. How many different batches of beer do you think you personally have brewed? Uh, probably close to 200. And that that's a good question too, because a lot of people say, "How long have you been brewing?" I, I know people that will say they've they've home brewed for the last twenty years, but right. they've made thirty batches right. total. I right? brewed so, two batches thirty years ago, and that was it. So right. I've been brewing for thirty. So years. you're a home brewer. <laughs> yeah, right. So, how many, so to take it to the next step, how many batches do you make a year? Uh, probably in the range of twenty. Five, oh, so quite a bit. That's quite a month. Yeah. I try to brew at least two times a month. Right. Oh. Regular guest appearance. Yes, sounds like. Right. Sam, we yeah. need to have you back. Yeah. I could all. I could so like, either that or you are, uh, have a serious drinking problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And if that's the case, we'd like, we're here to help. Yeah, that's why I'm hanging out with you guys <laughs> yeah, on a school day. Wait, don't, Tim, you need a regular rotation. First, you know, Monday of the month or something like that. I think we need. Yeah. We can make that. We yeah. won't even have anything plugged in. We'll just right. pretend to do a podcast. First Monday and, and, and have drink Tim. As long as. The next, if the next so he won't have such a problem. So then, as a follow up on that, have you ever had any any big surprises like where you started with something and something else kind of comes out of it, and you're like, oh, I really like the direction this is going. Not so much, maybe uh, 
mistakes um, and, and thinking, oh, I messed that up, but it came out well. Uh, you know, arrogant bastard is a mistake right. in a way, right? So I've especially never, like early on, I guess I would say. I, yeah. I, I've never had the fortune, I, I guess, of doing that. Yeah. Um, but I think you're going to try a beer, and we're going to talk a beer, uh, about a beer that's a little bit later on that just came from a creation in my mind that I crossed my fingers and hoped it would be drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do too. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> but we're assuming since you brought it, it is. So, and listeners, what Tim won't tell you because he has a level of humility your hosts don't know much about. He has experienced lots of success, a lot of recognition from his peers for his home brewing. So, Tim, we're going to ask you to brag a little bit about the successes you've had. Uh, I started entering competitions pretty quickly after I started brewing, and. W- the primary reason for that wasn't so much to hope to win awards as much as it was to get feedback from um, certified qualified judges as far as what they were tasting. Uh, I moved from extract to all grain brewing pretty quickly. I brewed two extract batches and decided that if I was really going to get control over uh, the end product that I wanted to move to all grain. Uh, My first all grain beer uh, I entered into a competition and it ended up placing third nice. and um and, and that was that just floored me because that's not what I was expecting what style of beer was it uh that was a um yeti clone which was a, an imperial stout uh but I put espresso in there so it was an hmm. uh, imperial mm. espresso stout uh and then I entered um I entered an apricot blonde mm. into um, the fair competition um, about six months later or something like that. That ended up taking best of show at nice. the fair. And the San Diego County Fair. You that, mean. Yeah, and that was that was something that you can't ever fathom when you sit there. And that was shortly after the birth of my daughter. And I called my wife to tell her that I had placed first in the category which uh, that was a fruit beer and i said but i want to make it back for her evening feeding <laughs> and but i have to stick around for this best of show thing because at that point they were judging after all the um first place were announced they would then do a judging and announce the best of show after i said but don't worry it's not going to take long and i'm just going to come home i really want to make it to her to the feeding and um, when they called the the name and the the um, style, it was uh, unthinkable. Nice. Unthinkable. Did you make it back for the feeding? I think I missed the feeding. It happens. Uh, yeah. We had a giant yeah. blue paparazzi. The all the people came in. The reporters yeah. were there. I get it. The news, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. N- knowing your wife, I'm sure she forgave you. <laughs> so, so, so um, let's go that to talk about a little bit about what what about your award winning collaboration with Alesmith. So the Alesmith collaboration was part of one of the largest San Diego competitions, which is uh, America's Finest City competition that's um, sponsored by uh, or run by Quaff, which is mm-hmm. probably the largest uh, homebrew club in San Diego. And it was that year that they said the best of show beer or a beer that was in the best of show round would be chosen by Alesmith to do a collaboration. Along with collaborations, commercial breweries can put in a beer to a pro-am competition in the great American beer festival. So it happened. So this was a beer that, um, I sat down and, and thought it was around October 
And my daughter was three, and I said, all right, so she's got a peanut allergy, and she doesn't understand why she's going door-to-door and getting these little packets of things that look like candy, and it's not like we're going to let her eat all the candy right. anyway. So what can I do with all her candy? I think I'm going <laughs> to brew a beer with her nice. candy. And so I sat there, and I, I thought about um, the when I was a kid, and my dad used to bring home a, like a box full of these C's nuts and shoes oh, to, the best. to oh, give as, as a holiday oh, gift. We still do. And so my initial name for it was nuts and shoes. And mm. then and I was like, ah, no, because uh, it doesn't really explain the whole thing. And it doesn't really have a beer uh, connotation to it. So then I decided Halloween, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it Monster Mash has the 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 brewing reference of a mash and it's halloween time um so i made this beer at, uh with my uh my buddy jerry and because you when you're whenever you want manual labor like chopping up a bunch of pounds of candy <laughs> you want one of your friends over to be helping you so we brewed this beer and entered it into afc and Full disclosure, I don't actually really like the beer, but I felt <laughs> that for what it was, it was an imperial milk stout that had Halloween candies uh, and peanut butter added later on. Sounds uh, good. And I didn't really like I'm not a sweets guy. I'm uh-huh. not a dessert kind of guy. Uh, I didn't expect it to do anything. And so they're calling best of show, and they call out my name in the spirit. And I was like, oh, what is that beer? <laughs> <laughs> you guys sure? And L Smith did select that one to go ahead and brew as part of their collaboration That's as amazing. well. And, um, going back to what I said about L Smith earlier, if, if you could ask me to name a handful of breweries that I would love to do any kind of collaboration with L Smith would be right up there. Right. It's, yeah. it's, uh, they really know what they're doing. Right. They, ha- they just opened their, uh, new brewery at the time with, um, with, uh, multi-million dollar equipment. Yeah. Everything. Right. Yeah, the we, ten just, we just walked through there. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> nice. Place, yeah. So, um, and, and their brewers are, are great. Their staff are great. Uh, so, so it was a really nice experience. So let's try it. I think you've just inspired dad's, listening across the country to confiscate their kids' Halloween candy this well, year. I, I think Jimmy Kimmel has all of it, right? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Can't wait. Your wife was bragging This is about my favorite one, podcast ever, tasting-wise. So it's very dark. It's yours. Right here, please. Thank you. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's got the nice, thick, brown foam head on it. Can I put a little water in it? It smells like you put your nose into a bag of ca- chocolate candies. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. I think we're three for three. What do you think of the smell of that town? It smells fantastic. Yeah. It does. It actually smells like when you have the bottom of like a bag of, of chocolates. Yep. That's yeah. exactly what. That's the smell. Like if I close my eyes and you hand it to me, I go and smell that. That's what I would think it was. Mm-hmm. Like the bottom of the Milky Ways or the Snickers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whatever it is. Candy galore. The bottom well, of the. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And congratulations. That's. Salud. Yeah. Very impressive. I started to say your wife has bragged about this beer several times. As a wife, I think you have to. Uh, 
talk big about your husband, although most things may not be true. <laughs> I like the fact that she brews as well. Who told you that? <laughs> I think the fun part about it is that she's a nutritionist. Oh, and hey, Jane, thanks for all that you do for Tina and I. Well, these are so all good you, for you. Is the way I exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She this makes is, sure she makes sure that you're making a good beer. She doesn't know the beer. caloric content of the beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a milk stout, so I expected it to be smooth, but it's it's I would describe it as creamy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess cre- as creamy as the. I'm not sure. I've had a lot of beers that were not not my that, favorite that were, word to use, but I would say it has uh, that mouthfeel, creamy mouthfeel, <laughs> which again. Why is doctor laughing over there with the creamy mouthfeel? But it does have that. No comment. And it's not as sweet as I thought it was going to no. be from, one, your description of it, and to the smell of it. It certainly has a sweetness to it, but it's not overboard. It's like some of the pastry stouts we've had. But I can pick the, like the peanut butter. Definitely mm-hmm. pick up the peanut butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It's really good. I was trying to think of something I could, for listeners to kind of put them in the in the range of it, something, think... maybe that space when we had it belching beer. Yeah, I would say that would be a closest one. Uh, that was sweeter, yes, and I didn't care sweeter. for it as sweeter. being as sweet. Yeah. This one backs that off and has a little yeah. more body to it. I just think... Th- so, better. On all, all mm-hmm. of them, it's just the complexity of it. There's just so many tastes going on, mm-hmm. right? It's not just the chocolate. It's not just the peanut butter. You know, it's like it's kind of all of it blending together. Now, like, can that be a danger zone for a brewer? With, with your getting bringing blend, in getting that balance. as much... As many flavors as you're bringing into a beer? I think it's important to be uh, purposeful in in why you're adding certain ingredients. You know, some people talk about the kitchen sink kind of beer where you're throwing everything at it and hoping that you're going to get a little bit of all of the stuff that you're throwing in there. It's not necessarily true because there are certain flavors that will overpower others. And sometimes simple is the most effective and so it, I think it depends a lot on style and balance. And just the, and for you, like, is it in terms of when you're introducing those things? Is that you know, I mean, as far as the different ingredients, by having so many different ingredients, it's looking at recipe creation and what you're looking for as far as color, okay. what you're looking for as far as your original gravity that will ultimately help determine your alcohol percentage of the beer. Right. Um, hop balance. Um, something like this, it has some hops, but the hops is not there to be flavor. Right. Uh, the hop is there to provide the bitterness so it doesn't become over overly sweet, and your palate, right. yeah. palate right. balances it, it that. It balances out the sweetness. I'd like to give this a five, but what? I need a little more to make sure mm. oh, uh, in a rating of a beer because I forgot to let it warm up. <laughs> You're supposed to let it warm up. Uh, it was too good. Hold it in your hand. And it was too good honest. as is. Let's be honest. It's a five out of 20. You could no, give it it's a out five. of five, You man. could give it a five, but I don't even know how you check this but, thing in. But no, I, I cannot do it until I taste it again. I, I don't want to be hasty. No, I, I would. I would that say was, this is a five. But but I don't. Um, well, you got a bigger pour than me. I needed but I, more. Yeah, he, did, he was very generous. <laughs> he got a very big pour. pour. Yeah. But that's I was I'll, nicer to I'll take to more than a generous pour. But the the uh, but again, I just don't know how to check it in because I can't find it in, on Untapped. And so you therefore can't is, judge it. <laughs> my life is run by Untapped. So. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Alesmith brewed this. We had to change the name a little bit because oh. I I did look up a, a beer that was called Monster Mash. So under Alesmith, it, we uh, we oh. named it Mash oh. Monstrosity. Oh, okay. So we can oh. we can't be able to find and it. check it in. We can check it in. Mash. Well, you can check it in, but you're not drinking the Smith's version, so I'm not sure if that's, that's too all right. legit. It's all right. You know, it's a unique. As I, I don't, right. I don't know if this is fair to ask I'm you. To let my warm up a little bit. But when you, you channeling my inner Joel, 
I'm not sure if this is fair to ask, but when you compare not fair to ask your homebrew version to the one Ale Smith is serving, uh-huh. what do you do? You notice you must notice a distinction because you're you're an expert. Well, this was brewed, I think, three times total. We had a test run that didn't finish out the way that I had wanted it to or that they were um, pleased with either. It it still was a drinkable beer, uh, but not how it was intended. So we brewed it again, and that turned out right. Um, And the next time they brewed it, that also turned out pretty well, too. So all in all, I felt they cloned it pretty well. So when you drink it over there and I, I did a side-by-side tasting and I think they, they did a pretty nice job. Oh, so I, I realized I was putting you in a yeah. tight corner. On oh that. no, I, yeah. I, I don't think how, so I, they I, do much wrong. How there. often do know. they do this or was it done? It won't be done again. No, they must do it. So again. to my knowledge, I, they've, this was the first and only pro-am that they oh, had okay. or a collaboration they had ever done with a home brewer. Uh, they brewed it. They, they brewed and served it at their tasting room twice that year. Okay. So 2016. So that's mm-hmm. it. They haven't done and it. How much, and how much, and each time they brew it, how much are they making? How many barrels are they making? This was a small batch. Mm-hmm. So I think this was a half barrel gotcha. batch. Gotcha. And, uh, they, and they were pretty nice about it and just including you to make sure absolutely everything yeah up to snuff their 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 tasting room menu had my name as a collaboration on it um by the way i saw your name on the tony Gwynn wall museum very astute very nice very good looking good looking out my wife saw that and said hey look at this yeah, so they that museum had a lot of different uh, donations and contributions you could have to be part of that build. And if you look around, there are bricks that have people's names on right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tony yeah. Gwynn silhouette was another donation level that you can uh, have. Um, I saw that. That was pretty put, nice. I saw that. Either your name or your organization or something uh, appropriate for a And you were kind call. enough to put your wife and your child on it, too. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I am now ready, and I think talent's with me. Yeah, this is getting a five from me. Woo, doctor, where you at? You're with a five. I'm five. All these beers, I'm a five. Tom, I'm in. Well, let's hear it. We sat and drank with the sun on our shoulders and felt like free men. Hell, we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses. We were the lords of all creation. Tim, now you can add this to one of your biggest awards. It's a Shawshank. You made a Shawshank beer. <laughs> you made a Shawshank. That's the biggest honor that I've is. ever got. Congratulations. Go. Sorry, I was still drinking yeah, the Shawshank beer. I wanted to finish that up with a with Thank a taste you. of it. Now, Tim, beyond brewing, you also judge beer. And we'd like to hear a little bit about that experience. What are the challenges to judging beer versus just enjoying beer and making beer? So the judging organization for beer judges is uh, the Beer Judge Certification Program, which people can find on bjcp.org. And to become a beer judge, you take an online exam that is open book, but they have so many questions that if you just rely on going through the book, you're never going to finish those questions. And then after that, you take a tasting exam. And if you want to reach um, higher uh, rankings within BJCP, once you hit a certain level on the tasting exam and have a certain amount of experience points in judging, then you can take a written examination. 
Um, I do judge, I try to judge three to five competitions a year and judging really helps you hone in on styles, what a style guideline calls for, because let's be honest, beer and, and describing beer and liking beer and judging beer is often trying to take a subjective world and make it objective. Right. And so when you're judging beer, you have to look at the adherence to style guidelines, how it, how nicely it represents the style as far as the warmth and alcoholic nature of the flavors that you're getting. Are there off flavors that should not be there that are present? Is it a clean beer? Uh, if it's an IPA, do you have that uh, the hoppiness in as far as hop flavor is concerned to balance out the bitterness or is it all bitterness and you're not getting a lot of flavor um, for things like uh, a German Hefeweizen or a Dunkelweizen do you have the balance of the clovey phenolics with the uh, banana esters uh, are there um, noticeable fermentation flaws that you're getting out of there so there's a lot of nuances that being a judge only can make your brewing better because you're trying a lot of different things, honing in on things and understanding what they taste like. And it also, as someone that would enter competitions, would make them a lot uh, more uh, discriminant and picky about what they're going to enter. Uh, Because I don't think it's something that you should just expect you're going to pull one over on a judge, on a random judge that's judging your beer, that, oh, they probably won't taste that because they, they likely will. Uh, but that's also a avenue where people can get very uh, random feedback from somebody as opposed to inviting your friends over and say, hey, try this beer. I don't think a friend's going to tell you to your yeah, face bad, when you're yeah. giving them free pints. Right. This is a disgusting <laughs> beer. So it's a good opportunity for That's why you need friends like us. Because right. we'll although I doubt that will happen well, from we what would. we've tried out. But yeah. we would. Yeah, we would. Not um, Apparently, I just want you guys to judge the competitions that of things that I'm entering. That's you guys true. Just score a mile. So. <laughs> we'll just bring our little Shawshank clip with yeah, us yeah, and yeah, say, yeah, "Here yeah, you go. Yeah. Bring out the ribbons, boys." Maybe bring Will uh, in the corner. Every now the now judging now. also is the visual aspects of the beer, is it not? Yeah. So you want to look at the color, how that adheres to the style as far as the color. You want to uh, smell the aroma. Aroma is the first thing that's going to go in a beer. So once that's poured, you really want to get a. a a sense of what the aroma is, what you're smelling. Um, make sure you notate that. Then you're looking at a flavor profile of that uh, overall impression of the beer. Is there an X factor in there somewhere? Oh, so my my I have actually two questions here because uh, one we and we joke about it a lot, but tell us about mouthfeel. <laughs> tell us, help us appreciate <coughs> mouth appreciate feel. mouthfeel. Yeah. Is this a PG show? <laughs> what do you want me to say? It's My wife's listening. <laughs> no, all right, I got a better question. Here's a... That's a good question, it is a good though, question. because we've so joked guess, around yeah, a lot. Joke around. So, but so, as we've gotten smarter and as we've tried more beers, we are starting to realize. Mature, as we've gotten more mature. And we stopped giggling have. about the term. <laughs> yeah. I think we're ready what, to what, learn. If about... we were trying to describe mouthfeel to someone, uh, how would you okay. describe it? There we go. That's a better question. Mouthfeel are the palate sensations that you have as far as that sensory experience. So if you look at something like an imperial stout, the warmth is a mouthfeel, but al- alcoholic or solventy can be a flavor. Okay. So although you may experience in a sensory way 
the same thing, they're coming at from different angles. Right. So something tasting alcoholic is different than a, a warmth in your mouth. Right. Food. And the, could the carbon, I'm guessing the carbonation then in, in something like a, a Pilsner or a Kolsch would affect that as well. So you, if you're looking at a Saison where it's going to be pretty high in carbonation, um, uh, effervescent, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's something that you'll feel in your mouth. Because we've joked around a lot, but I don't think we were joking that it's not a thing. We're no, joking no, it's just it's, it's, it's the some terminology. Of the, some of the podcasts we've listened and to also really and can spend said, seven or eight minutes on um, whether um, that's cinnamon or nutmeg, and then another twelve minutes on mouthfeel yeah. and and <laughs> and creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. I think that was my favorite one always. It's always been creamy mouthfeel. <laughs> that feel. happened tonight. So would you uh, guys like my rated R? Yeah. So here's I have a, another Put question. Put the kids to bed. I guess is, that's a no because he passed right over. So yeah. so here's my other question is. How hoppy is too hoppy? I want no. I want to hear the. Oh, radar. You want to hear the radar? All right, let's get to the radar version. <laughs> we can cut it. Yeah, no, right. I didn't have that prepared, but I got a friend, a Mav out there that can tell you about mouthfeel. You should you should get him on your show. Okay, next time. All, right. all right. So how how hoppy is too hoppy? I guess it depends on the drinker, right? But I mean, is there a point? Because like I know people, and I like you know IPA all day. That's like all the, uh-huh. the and it's like they're we could, like the hop head guys. I'm just trying to drink the hoppiest beer I can possibly drink. But at a certain point, how much hoppy? Like once you hit. 80 IBUs or higher, I mean, it gets to a point where I don't think you can know, the palate can't sense any different. Yeah, yeah. I think they've done sensory experiments with people where you're uh, seeing if there's a differentiation as de- as far as determination right. of IBU, whether something's 130 yeah. calculated IBU versus 90. Can they really tell can the difference tell? between those two beers? Uh, you know, when we're looking at IPA as a style now, I think a lot of people are appreciating the flavor aspect as of the hoppiness as opposed to, to the, the bitterness, IB, the bitterness. Right. Right. So I guess you, I should say that part of it. Yeah. When you looked at the rise of West coast IPA, it almost became a challenge to look at IBU as a number. Right. Uh, but at some point, like you said, you're not going to taste a difference right. in bitterness between a certain IBU versus an IBU that's 40 above that. Right. And I think people like balance. People are leaning towards balance. When so they... it started to come back. So it went to the almost almost to like the extreme in some ways, and then now it started to. to... A, lo- a lot of that it may also be the technology and the advances and the techniques that brewers are learning as how to capture some of these things right. and sustain this uh, as far as shelf life. Right. Because I, for me, I mean, I I can. It's not my go-to beer in terms of going to get a real hoppy beer, but I can appreciate. A, a beer that would be, I guess you'd call it hop forward, but it's very hoppy, but then has a balance so that there's a smooth finish at the end. It doesn't leave you with that. And that, to me, I feel like is... A, like is a, your latitude, uh, blood orange. Yeah, like a, but I feel like there's, a, that's a, there's the craft right in it, right? I think anybody, not the anybody, but, by Mother Earth but people me. can make an ultimate, ultimate hoppy, hoppy, hoppy beer. But but the craft in it is how do you make that and then balance it out so that it has that smooth finish and it's a it's a drinkable beer you know it's not just one of those like you can take one of them and my my palate's done for the night and right and for commercial brewers and home brewers alike you also have to look at cost right are you going to get a value out of this if you're throwing in 3 44 pound boxes of hops right. at a certain point right. are you getting the value out of it as opposed to if you were to throw in one. And I think a lot of people have the luxury of doing experimentation with that, especially on a homebrew level when you're brewing five gallons. If you mess up five gallons, it's yeah. it sucks, but, but, but it's, it's not gallons. as bad as losing 
20 barrels. Yeah, exactly. So you have an IPA sitting in front of Speaking you. Speaking of IPAs, let's drink. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Cheers. I'm looking forward to this. I'm good smelling it already. Yeah, I've been smelling it. You could definitely, the, uh, the pine, the resin, that pine resiny t- smell to it, the aroma. Yeah. Pick up some oh, of the Tim. citrusy yeah, in the, in the aroma as well. Yeah. Tim, I have to say, right. if your wife ever leaves you and my wife leaves my... <laughs> You and I. You want a man. wife swap or you, you and I? You no, no, get no, no, you and I. You no, and he's I, saying no. he would like for both of you to get rid of your yeah. wives. He's yeah. trying to give you a dolphin hello. <laughs> yeah, he wants to give you a dolphin hello. <laughs> We're four for four in my book here, Tim. Good job. My wife. See, like, I, I was, my wife's pretty tough to get to, yeah. to want to give up. Yeah. Oh, I like my wife too, but maybe. Huh. But see, I would say this is this is a this would be an example of what I was just talking about, where like when I smell it. You know the aroma of it. I get that that tiny piney resiny. You know even the citrus in the in the smell of it. So I anticipate it's going to be a, a pretty bitter beer, and you get some of the bitter, but then it's pretty smooth on the finish. Flattery gets you yeah. everywhere. Yeah. This, this well, is like that hop shovel from Bear Republic. Yeah, very. Yeah, but I just but I, I, like if I said to me that's the sweeter. That's yes. that's the craft. I can really respect someone that that creates that because to me as someone who like I said I'm not IPA all day. Um, this is something that I would go, oh, I'll order this and drink this because I know I could drink a couple of them and, you know, I go to work the next day, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. I like to brew IPAs with a, a firm bitterness, but not harsh, um, not yeah. overwhelming. I still want to showcase hops in their flavor component because they have so much to give. Right. You nailed it right there. <laughs> what do you call this one? This one we called Wicked World IPA because my daughter is heavily into Descendants. I don't know if you guys know about mm-hmm. Descendants, no, but it's an annoying Disney thing no, with okay. real life characters where they're descendants of other people. Uh, how old's your daughter right now? She is seven. Yeah, see, we're all on the other end of that. Can so we we're all up? empty nesters and almost, and so, almost, almost empty Can we give a shout out to her? Can I say her name? Go for it. Hey, Elise. Hope you're listening. <laughs> She's or learning not. about mouthfeel and uh, IBUs. <laughs> yeah, but she got the PG. Yeah. She got the descendants. She got the version. descendants version. So that's cool. So now she's yeah. going. Now I know where my yeah. my Halloween candy was. Yes, and she, yes. Thank you for your Halloween candy. Shoe, by the she's way. Gonna yeah. Because of year. her peanut allergy, she willingly trades me. That's good. And uh, we, we do a little candy swap, and she knows that's what smart. I end up doing. Yeah. So, but we appreciate her sacrifice. So <laughs> she wants beer in return. Yes. So Wicked World definitely has that piney resiny. Yeah. yeah flavor and it has yeah. a sweetness to it. I like the sweetness and the citrus in it. The piney is a li- little too much for me. You tell, I, I, tell I can you. drink it. It's not my, like I said, this is not my wheelhouse. I know yeah. that, but I, I can taste this and say, this is a well-crafted beer. And it's my, in the, in the, in the, you know, this type of beer, it is, mm-hmm. it is very well done. My mind went right up to Bend, Oregon, because this mm-hmm. is a very right. Bend, Oregon style yeah. uh, taste to it where they, they love their pininess and then right. it's on every menu you know, piney, 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 and, and it has that. And yeah. you could sell a, a ton of this in Oregon, I'll tell you. <laughs> Speaking of Oregon, you guys have any beer from Cascade brewing up in Oregon? We've had beer yes, from Cascade. We have. So the sours are fantastic. Yes, that, they that, are. That I need to go back because I wasn't a sour guy at that point. I would just I, turn my I back I did not have sours. any sours at He's Cascade. Been, so. They've been converted recently. So I've now, now become a big sour person. Padre and I are big sour fans. These two... Just getting to know it. You, you got to have uh, Cascade's Bourbonic Plague. It's fantastic. Yes, yes, we had that. That was very, very good. I remember that one. I'm writing it down, so I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> and we have there have some excellent um, the Monkless Brewing. They yeah. had some Belgian places yeah. too that we have, that we steered clear. We didn't, working, we didn't let I'm Father still, Joe see yeah, those places. I'm still we working right on him. the Belgian. 
Um, but uh, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> um, Belgian sours. I'm I'm on the Belgian the, the Belgian sours. Yes, the lambics. I'm those are those are like right now might be my favorites. You gonna bring me back some Cantillon when you go over there? Yeah, we'll see. That's one. I don't know what PGW trip that will be, but at some point we're gonna we're gonna have to hit over there. So that should be PGW next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe's out of town, so he can't give us a uh, travel budget update. Right, but right. I'm guessing it hasn't extended too far beyond nil. our last update of Zilch. <laughs> zilch and Nil. <laughs> if Joe's not here, he'll never know. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> all right. While we're enjoying this beer, listeners, you've asked for it. You got it. Dr. Todd, it's time. I like beer audience. It's now time for that segment we like to call Beer or Not a Beer. Tim, first timer, here's how this game works. And all you new listeners, I'm going to name four beers. Four beers. Three of them are actually true beers. One, I pulled out of my sphincter. All right, here we go. And Is that the name? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it is. All right, here we go, Tim. Ready? I'm ready. The first beer is Yellow Snow IPA. You shouldn't eat Yellow Snow, but it's okay to drink Yellow Snow. Second is Hauling Oats. Subtle aroma of chocolate chip oatmeal cookies. Hauling Oats. Sounds good. That's beer number two. Beer number three is Moorhead. You've heard of Moosehead. This one's Moorhead. After one of these beers, you'll be craving Moorhead. And beer number three is Circumcession Ale. Strap on your helmet and get a Circumcession. So a quick rundown. We had beer number one was Yellow Snow IPA. Two, Hauling Oats. Three, Moorhead. And four, Circumcession Ale. We'll start with Tim. Tim, which one is not a beer? You know how in spelling bees they ask you for the origin of the word? Am I allowed to ask for the origin of any of these beers? No, because right. I pull these out of my sphincter. Okay. So. We already know the origin. <laughs> the origin. Okay. That's, that's, so, your answer, right? that's your answer right there. So I'm going to say number one and number two are not from your sphincter. Okay. I do believe that Yellow Snow is a beer, and I do you think I've heard of? I should, I should not have started with Tim because Tim knows every beer on the planet, so it's okay. A Moorhead, it's what every man wants. <laughs> it, it sh- there should be a every man brewing company that puts out a Moorhead. Yeah, it's a good it, idea. Was, it, was there a style for Moorhead? Was it a cream ale? <laughs> the origin's very important. Yes, in this it game. is. Sorry. Okay, uh, and the and the fourth one was circumcession. circumcession. That's, that's pretty brilliant. You're a pretty brilliant guy, Doc. Thank I don't, you. I Thank don't you. know if you're brilliant enough for circumcession. <laughs> I'm gonna say that Moorhead is okay. the no non beer. Right. All right, talent. Well, I've already eliminated the first two. I knew it was going to come down to Moorhead and Circumcession, and I'm trying to get into your mind, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, you want, sure you want to go there? Yeah, that's, that's why I'm concerned. So, And my initial gut is to go with Circumcession, but after Tim's yeah, uh, laying yeah. out the... the I, I'm going to go Moorhead. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm not sure here. I'm with Are you Jeff. saying you don't, I'm with, you I'm with don't Jeff. like Moorhead? Oh, I love it. Oh, hello, <laughs> TMI. Uh, I'm with Jeff. You eliminate the first two, but then you got to kind of flip a coin on the last two. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay the road here 
and go more. All right. And Jeff. I've had yellow snow. That's by Rogue. It is. I have had that. And it has a really cool logo. Their I'm sorry. Rogue thing. Uh, you admitted to having yellow that's, snow. That's too tame for the doctor's imagination. Exactly. Okay. Not that that couldn't be a beer, but not <laughs> out of your mind. And so I, based on last time's cunning linguist beer, uh-huh. <laughs> what was it? Cunning linguist lager. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say you are creative enough to come up with circumcession. Uh-huh. I'm going circumcession, not a beer. All right. So you nailed it with yellow snow is from Rogue. All right. It's uh, it's a pure golden hued ale, <laughs> of course. And, and it's really good. And Hauling Oats, yes, is from Tanaya Creek Brewery in Las Vegas. And uh, Circumcession Ale is actually a barrel-aged pomegranate wit from Small right, Spoon. So, him. yes. There we go. Well yes. done. Well so, done. So, there you go. Morehead is, you know, I pulled out of somewhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, are you saying you poured, you pulled Morehead out of your sinker? Yes, he did. <laughs> We're not going to go there, but yes, that's what he just said. The cream stuff. Yes. Mm. This is Ben. Beer or not a beer on I Like Beer, the podcast. Okay, <laughs> doctor, you just got to keep that up. Yeah, keep it going, and eventually I'm going to get one right. Yeah. It's got to happen. It has to happen. <laughs> we can't thank Tim enough for spending the evening with us and sharing his oh, beer, sharing his beers, and Ooh. his beer expertise. And if we mentioned sharing his beer, and uh, it has been a pleasure, Tim. Oh, the pleasure thank was you, all Tim. mine. Thank uh, you this is Tim, much. reoccurring guest. Uh, Tim Hoskins <laughs> yeah. here so every first Monday of the month. Yes, <laughs> beer judge. <laughs> If if Joe wasn't in charge of the travel budget, we'd just move him right into that seat. Yeah, I'll yeah. go to Cantillon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could say wrap it up at 8 o'clock just it, as it easily could. as Joe can, yes, can, which is basically right. a, Joe's job on podcast night is to tell us, I got to go to bed, guys. Yeah, but Joe does all the work behind the scenes. So uh, That's true. That all right. Good okay. But, we but might have here room. to defend himself. We might we have, have a room for another member. <laughs> <laughs> and we always get a nice dinner at Joe's. That's, yeah, that's the best that's part. That's true. We still need. Oh, we still need to have it at Joe's. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mean that oh, we weren't okay. going to be just, at Joe's, be doing it at Joe's. Yeah, we love you, Joe. We're just kidding. He knows that. Hey, fans, we'd love to keep chatting, drinking, and shooting the old bull. But right now, we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.